Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Is ghosts, mystery, history, and lots of family secrets. So if Gothic is your thing, check it out. 
All right, again, uh, you're listening to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and timmerthorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com. If you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at timmerthorn. If you Facebook, you can find us on our Haunted Nights Live page. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. And tonight we are joined by one of our favorite people of all time, and I'm not even kidding when I say that, uh, William Malmborg. Uh, He is the author of the novel Jimmy and other novels that aren't Jimmy, including (laughs) Blind Eye, Daddy's Little Girl, Nikki's Secret, Santa Took Them, and Text Message, among others. He lives with his good friend, Toby. So first things first, William, welcome to the show. How are you, and how is welcome. Toby? Mm-hmm. I'm good, and, and Toby, he's uh, he's good, too. He hit the catnip a little hard earlier, so he might not be joining us. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Oh. Oh, poor guy. Well, if he wants to sing or anything, you just let us know. Put him on. <laughs> oh, you'll hear him. If, if, he, if he wants yeah. to be on, he'll, he'll make himself known. Oh, good. Okay. Is he your your muse while you're writing? Oh, no, no. I, I'm not out of the office uh-huh. when I'm writing, yeah. Oh, and really? Why? Uh, no, because, you know, he gets on the keyboard, he shrieks behind me if I'm not paying attention to him, uh-huh. and he, he does all sorts of crazy well, things. I watch Alistair's cats do things to him. Basically, his girl cat rapes his face every day. It's pretty funny to watch. He lets me. He's oh, kinky that way. Yeah, but but, but yeah. if you if if we were if 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 we weren't doing this all day and I didn't have you as backup, I'd probably <laughs> kind of want to avoid her too because it can be yeah. time-consuming. They're pretty demanding. They really are. <laughs> they are. Yeah, especially yeah, when they, they need attention twenty-five hours a day. They right. do. It's a good thing they're so <laughs> furry and cute. <laughs> true. That's true. All right, so, so we, uh, you, you, do you have um, anything? Let's start at the end and move our way toward the beginning. Do you, William, have anything new coming out or that you're working on right now that you want to talk about? I do. I have, uh, I have three novels that should be coming out next year. Um, one is going to be called, uh, yeah, finally, you know, it's been a couple of years, but uh, finally <laughs> got a few completed. And uh, oh. the, the one I'm most excited about is, the girl that played with the Ouija board, which was a title that started out as a joke, but everyone seemed to like it, so I decided to keep it. It's great. Yeah. Nice, yeah. I like it. I'd buy it. Yeah, very intriguing. It is. Yeah, what can you yeah, exactly? What what can you tell us a little about it? Well it's about a girl that plays with the Ouija board. <laughs> and then spooky <laughs> things happen. <laughs> The title comes with good. a description. Yeah. Yes. Well, if you need a if you need a blurb for it, ask me, and I know exactly what I'm going to say. This is the best <laughs> yeah. story about a girl who plays with a Ouija board. Out of all the stories about girls who play with Ouija boards, this is the best story about a girl who plays with a Ouija board ever. Alistair Cross. <laughs> he's not. He's not kidding. He's not kidding. He does things like that. <laughs> Oh, well, like that sounds really right? good. I, I, yeah, I, I do love the title. So, so is this a paranormal? I guess you frequently go for the straight thrillers. 
Yeah, you know, is I, I really over can't time? say. You, you oh, know, it's good. That's going to be part cool. of the uh, the suspense. Just don't know what's that, happening. That tells me. That tells me all I need to know. It doesn't have to be real paranormal, but a whiff is nice. Um, what what else are you working on? I have another novel. It actually spun out of this one. When I was working on this one, I realized I had two novels going at once. And that one, it's uh-huh. tentatively called Josiah, um, which is about sort of a, a, a big, almost Jack Reacher-type-sized war veteran who was burned really bad while, while overseas. And he accidentally mm-hmm. starts to hit it off at his new job as a janitor in an old folks' home with a old priest that's suffering dementia that convinces him the world is about to end, and he has to do some some horrible things to to save it. Oh, that sounds like fun. Nice. Love that yeah, kind of story. That was good. And we'll you said there of, was a there was a third one. There was there there was another one that's going to come out next year too. Yeah, that was an aborted one that I I picked up again about three weeks ago about some some high school or no college kids that uh, go up to a cabin in the woods and horrible things start to happen to them. Find a find Ooh. a dead body and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So very cliche situation. Oh, cliches are so much fun though. They really are. Yeah. Right. You enjoy them. Take that, yeah. That turn. Yeah. And you take when I did Haunted, it was because I could throw every cliche in the book into the book, and I just had fun. I had more fun than I ever had doing that. Ooh, evil dolls, um, dripping blood, anything, <laughs> and I'd put it in there. Everything I could think of went into that book. It was all cliches. Oh, it was so right. much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and as long as you have your, your original stuff thrown into, then it, it all works out. Oh, absolutely! You got to put an original spin on these things. But, um, oh yeah. But you know, that's why, it, that's why it, it, it's, it always kind of confuses me. You know, there there are so many things that I see that you know you can see the influence so strongly. I don't know how anybody really determines. You know, oh, that's that's plagiarism or that was stolen. I I don't really understand because I see. I mean, even watching movies on Netflix, I'm like, well, that's a total, you know, especially now because yeah. they're, they're, a lot of people are making movies that, like, I grew up on. And I'm like, that's totally The Shining. That's totally, you know what I mean? It's, like, totally not new. But, yeah, it's interesting. But, you know, there, there are no new stories under the sun. You just find new ways to, to tell the same stories, you know. That's and exactly on that note, stories out there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and on that note, William, how do you, how do you go about um, telling your stories? Do you... See something, read something, hear something. Do you try to come up with really unique ideas? Do you just how does it work for you? You know, I never consciously try to find ideas, and and most of most of the the things I write just kind of evolve from some random occurrence that all of a sudden sparks an idea. My very first published story happened. A blizzard had hit. My brother and I were walking to school. And there was a pickup truck in the parking lot full of snow. And I just casually mentioned to him, I said, I wonder how many dead bodies you could hide under that snow. And the <laughs> next thing you know, I had a short story that I was writing that focused on that question, and I sold it. And it's, that's how it is. It says every book is like that. When did you decide you wanted to be a writer? I think I was 16 years old, and I was reading a Dean Koontz book, and I really liked how, how horrifying it was. And I'm like, uh-huh. you know, I have some ideas. I think I should, uh, I should pursue them. And I mentioned an idea to my mom, and she's like, well, just write it. 
I'm like, oh, I guess I could. Very cool. You say the interesting things about your mom and her adventures on Facebook. And instead of, instead of using a, a website, you use Facebook more intriguingly than anybody else I've ever seen. You tell the oh, best Oh, I know. Stories. I love your Facebook page. Your neighbors. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, and your coworkers. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's all kinds yeah. of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and neighbors. I think I like the neighbor stories the best. It, yeah, it makes the rest of it on my feel Facebook. better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About 5% of it's true. The rest of it's just, hey, this will make a funny post. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're a fiction writer after all this. Oh, exactly, I like for a living. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all right, so when you, so, okay, so you decided when you were about 16 years old that you wanted to be a writer and you were influenced by Dean Koontz. That's um, a very similar story to mine. What What other authors did you, uh, were you influenced by and, and and are you still influenced by? Yeah, I went from I went from Dean Koontz to Stephen King, and it was really once I started reading Stephen King and I kind of pursued his biography and his on-writing book that everything started to click. I think I was about 18 when the fiction started selling, and it's just there was something wow. about reading Stephen King and just reading his life experiences and how he got involved in writing that, that really helped me oh. start getting my story sold. Oh. I can see that. I read his Dance Macabre because I'm older than you, first, and um, that was that was about horror. And oh, what a great book! If you haven't read that one, that's another one of his to pick up. Oh yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Non nonfiction. Yeah, I love that one too. Yeah. But, yeah. What's the best advice for writing that you've ever had, whether it's from King or anybody else? There's two pieces of advice that's always been the best. The first one is just do it. Because, I mean, a lot of people sit around thinking about stories, but really, you, you can't really think about a story. You just have to start typing, and then it develops on its own. That's how it's always worked for me. And then the second best advice that I ever had came in a rejection letter from one of my early editors at Black Petals Magazine. I had written a sentence that said, he shrugged his shoulders, and they kind of hit me over the head with the rejection and said, what else is he going to shrug? You know, keep it simple. <laughs> and for some reason, that that really open my eyes That's to, great. to sentence structure, yeah. and, it, and I start selling right after that. Right. That's really cool. Right. Yeah, and it's true. It's, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. He nodded his head as opposed to his leg. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he bounced his Oh, never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it to you, you let the reader do most of the work. You don't have to, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to hit him over the head with endless descriptions, though their mind will, no. will do it for him. Right, and have you noticed that when yeah. you read authors who do that, who 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 really insist on making sure that you, you know they're being very clear on exactly what it is they're saying, you get really it feels weighted down or something. I yeah. I prefer the really clean, let me use my own imagination type of writing. Although there is such a thing as too sparse. I have read uh, some some books um, that it's like. Mm-hmm. Come on, you're not even trying. You know? <laughs> you need something to go on, right? <laughs> There's a fine line. Yes, exactly. Now, characters. Do you do you control your characters, or do they control you? Do they take over, or do you keep them in check? 
No, they they pretty much take over um, most of the characters. They sort of start out with just a very basic, almost like a stick figure, and then they grow as I write. And sometimes, uh-huh. you know, it's, especially with the killers, I kind of know what their motivation is. But even as I as I start writing, I learn more about them, and then things become more and more clear. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's fun. You learn as you go. That sounds right. great. We agree. And you write, you write a lot killed. of really uh, a lot of horrific stuff, and you are you don't pull any punches. You're very visceral and very effective. I, w- I will say, um, I've read your work and I thoroughly enjoy it, and I mean that. What scares you? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, there isn't really much under the sun that scares me these days, though I will admit that. I was once in my kitchen at 2 a.m. in the morning getting a bowl of cereal, and the smoke alarm, which I had never heard before, announced <sighs> low battery in this shrill woman's yeah. voice. Oh. And, and that cereal ended up all over the floor and the wall, and I think I tried to, <laughs> to run in midair like a cartoon. Oh, so, you know, there are things that sometimes <laughs> yeah. scare me. Oh, boy. Well, I'm looking at, I'm but, looking at Santa took them, and listen to this for an example. Christmas Eve 2005, 8-year-old Michelle Harper is the only survivor in a horrific massacre that has left her four siblings decapitated and her mother slowly dying as her innards oozed out <laughs> of the second-floor landing. The word Santa took them written in blood. Yeah, you don't pull punches. I like that. I'd like to see that as a movie. I'm I have to watch you know, closely. <laughs> that stems, you know, that sort you, of stems you, from uh, my grandma. Believe it or not, uh, your grandma. She used to tell us. Uh, yeah, we used to stay at her house, and she used to tell us that in the back bedroom before they lived there, a crazy lady had decapitated her five children and and stuck their heads <laughs> up in the trees. And if we looked up in the trees we, and saw squirrel nests, those were really heads with leaves in them. So yeah, that oh, uh, wow. from a young age, I, I like I got your grandma. Pretty good scary story. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like you took after her. I like it. Yeah. In fact, that now yeah. is dedicated to her, I believe. It ought to be. Nice. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> when you great. are writing, uh, when you're writing, do you, if you were to strip away all of the reasons why you do it, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's, I think we're all motivated by something probably slightly different that's unique to us. You know, maybe it's to entertain. Maybe for some people it's to teach. Maybe for some people it's to inspire, to scare. Or maybe you just do it for yourself because it makes, you know, you feel fulfilled or whatever. What would you say if I asked you, underneath it all, what is the reason that you're doing this? Oh, and mostly because I, I can't find any porn videos that match what my mind wants to see, so I write it out on paper. <laughs> There you go. And this is why we love I you. love honesty. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. it. I knew it. No. <laughs> you did. You said that before the show. Yeah. It's right, all about the porn you can't find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice see right. you and Toby um, trolling. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, do you have you ever had writer's block? Do you believe in writer's block? We personally do not. We've we've heard a lot of different people say a lot of different things about it. What's your take on that? I think, I, for me, there it, 
I guess it could be considered a form of writer's block, but it's almost the opposite. It's like I will get into a situation where I have too many ideas competing within a novel. Like it's almost like I want to write three or four novels at the same time. So it's like the three stooges going through a door. And that will sort of Uh constipate my process, and I'll I'll hit a 30,000-word mark, and then I'll start wanting to work on the other idea, or I'll have to split Uh a novel because there's actually two novels in it. So that's my biggest roadblock, too many ideas. Uh, That's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. You get impatient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, William. um, You... uh, as always, are welcome on our show anytime. We adore having you, and uh, we do. We're, of course, we're going to keep our eye on you. And uh, you know, <laughs> when you have something new, we're going to have you come back on, and we're going to talk about it. But until mm-hmm. then, um, can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about you, and where can they find your work? Well, they learn a lot about me if they watch old episodes of America's Most Wanted. I think there's some <laughs> stories in there. Um, check the check the, the police, you know, portion of the newspaper. I'm sure you'll see something. And then um, follow my Facebook page. That's where right. I post Excellent. most of my stuff. Yeah. All right. Facebook and page. One, one, more question, one more question before we let you go. Mm-hmm. What are you reading now and how is it? Oh, I, I'm reading Stephen King's book, The Institute, and I can barely you, put it down. I know. I read amazing. it in like three or four days, and it's, what, 500-something pages, and I wanted to make it last because it was money, you know? You want things that cost a lot to last a while. <laughs> no, I couldn't put that thing down, not for anything. It's great. Um, I love it. I love that yeah. because, I, I, yeah, I, I haven't read it yet, but I, I fully intend to and soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Yay. All right. Yeah. All right, William. Uh, Give Toby lots of love. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, uh, And until next week, we wish you all haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.